Welcome, everybody. This is WP Product Talk, and we are in something like our fifth or sixth, I think fifth or sixth week in a row of doing this. I'm so impressed. Kim, you've been awesome and helpful, and I think it's going smooth. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think we could keep doing these forever, never run out of topics, never run out of experts to invite in. So yeah, totally good. Yeah. Low pressure. That sounds like we got to like revise our contract here. (laughs) Cool. Welcome, everybody. Like I said, we're going to kick it off here real soon. WP Product Talk. If you have questions or comments at all about what's going on, tweet it out there and use the hashtag WP Product Talk. And we'll be watching and paying attention and try to get input and feedback from folks. About halfway through, we're going to do what we have been calling story time, where we share our personal experiences with the subject at hand. And I'm going to see if I can grab somebody from group to share a quick excerpt of their experience as well. The best way for you to volunteer for that is at the bottom of the app, there's a couple little icons and one of them looks like a heart with a plus on it. That's a reaction emoji thing. Just click on that and raise your hand or or something like that at that time. And hopefully if this thing is not still giving me weird alerts, then I'll see it and I'll or somebody can tell me who to volunteer. We'll get there. So. Going around the the circle, doing quick introductions. My name is Matt Cromwell from GiveWP and StellarWP. I built and created GiveWP with my partner, Devin, and I've been doing that for the last seven years. And we are also now managing high themes, cadence, and iconic brands as well. Exciting times. And I love everything about teams, which is our subject today. I'm excited to talk about this. Kim, tell us about yourself. Thanks, Matt. I'm Kim Coleman. I am co-founder of Paid Memberships Pro. We're in our 12th year running that WordPress membership plugin. We build other products we're working on, just all centered around helping people get paid and just create things that are awesome on the internet with WordPress. Awesome. And today we have a special guest host with us. Courtney, please introduce yourself. Tell everybody about you. Hey there, I'm Courtney Robertson. A lot of you may know me as the WordPress training team co-rep. I see one of my co-reps with me, Pooja Dharashri, is in listening as well. Hey, Pooja. Actually, I am a developer advocate at GoDaddy Pro, and today's stuff is near and dear to my heart. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. I have one immediate first big question for you. How would you define a developer advocate exactly? Right. So this is... Developer relations is a subset of community management, and specifically, our community are developers. And that means that I talk with our customers that are developers. I also update the internal development teams at GoDaddy about what's changing or coming in WordPress and that back and forth connection. A lot of developer relations is broken down into a couple of different roles. Dev advocate is kind of the most common of them. But really, it's been likened to a human API by some of my managers where I know where to go to get the information to relay back and forth between our customers and our staff that are developers so that their end clients' websites are really awesome. That sounds like a ton of fun, I got to say. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because as we'll, when we get to story time, you'll see that the road to getting into DevRel work, it was, it was something that I was already in the process of before I realized it. And once I found out, oh, this is what developer race relations is, that's what I enjoy doing. And so it really is a lot of fun. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, let's introduce today's topic. Today, we are talking about nurturing and developing entry-level team members. And the way that we often do this is go around and talk about the first thing is basically why this subject is so important. What is the subject? Why is it kind of a, a pain point or, or an important aspect of building a good 
WordPress-based business. And I'd love for for either of y'all to kick it off in one form or another. Who wants to go first? Looks like, yeah, I'll go, Courtney, if you don't mind. I think I'll just say, when when we think of this topic, I think of myself starting out. And we all were, were people that had a passion and an interest in something, but we didn't necessarily have an, any experience. With WordPress, what's cool is there's ways to get involved and you know, show up to the community to build your own stuff. You know, eventually you need to be paid for your work. And it's a huge confidence boost when you can find, you know, as a team member, find a team that's willing to help develop you and see the spirit in you. So I think it's, it's an awesome way to give back as a business. But to me, the, the benefits I've seen to my business are just new thinking, new thought, new energy that you just don't get from someone who, you know, is pivoting from a company for like a career, you know, to increase their career, has experiences coming with pre-learned things and and they might be great things and they might be things you have to unteach to fit into your organization. So nurturing an entry-level team member kind of has all these upside pieces as long as the person has the motivation and energy to bring to your team. That's good. I think about whenever I was a beginning individual myself on some teams and what that process looked like for me. But I also would say that my early professional career was in public education and working with high school students that were exploring various careers. I did that both in a business ed setting and at a, in America, we call them Botech. It's a, a technical school for high school students, those that have not graduated yet. And they're learning their trade and that bridge between learning their trade to getting started in the job to ongoing professional development in the job is something that I have been drawn to in many ways throughout my career, but it's fun to work on that specifically in the context of WordPress. I get to do that these days by being onboarded to the team that I now work on at Glenity Pro, helping onboard other teammates that have come along since then, but also working on learn.wordpress.org as a way to help others develop their skill sets that will hopefully lead them to career pathways that they want to pursue as well for whatever goals that they have, maybe career, maybe not, but that bridge between I need to learn something to now that I've learned how to do that thing, succeeding in those endeavors. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I think from my side of things, why this is so important is I I kind of have a big emphasis in my teams on efficiency and moving quickly. And I've found over time that the best way to not move quickly is to have a bunch of folks who feel uncertain about their role or who feel like they are, that they, they are demoralized in one form or another, or they feel as if they don't have the skill set that they should have to do the work. When, when folks are feeling kind of out of their league or maybe unclear on direction or things like that, things slow down immensely very quickly. Um, so I, I really love trying to make sure that everyone knows exactly what's expected of them and exactly that they are the right fit and and that we love having them on the team in order to see the wheels start to turn quickly and people start to make independent decisions on their own. Like that really gets me excited personally. Did that spark any thoughts or other questions for anybody and anybody other, other comments or whatnot on the why or the pain point? Something you just said there actually kind of reminded me, you know, I look at DevRel as a subset of community management broadly, but your team at work is its own small community and empowering others to feel successful. Obviously, within an employment setting, we don't want people to churn quickly. We want people Mm -hmm. to build the skills and find an ongoing development way. It's better for 
the human relations side of all of the work, but it's also good business, right? People don't want to be on the job hunt all the time and lawyers don't want to be forever training people that just churn out. So I think fostering that sense of community within the teams, empowering people to take ownership in the role that they have and really progress in it is really Yeah, I'm loving both of these thoughts. I completely agree. We haven't pursued education within our team too much, but I think that's a subset, I guess, of nurturing. We can talk about nurturing, you know, as a management standpoint, but there's also opportunities where you as a leader can give individuals like free time to pursue something they want to learn and level up on. And doing that in a really structured way, giving that permission to say like, this is a skill you need in this team. This is a great skill for you to develop. Let me buy you that course. Let, you know, support time during your week so that you can do that. I'll share the link later. But when we were talking about these kinds of programs within our team, you know, we found some research that said, you know, you might be thinking the more nurturing you do, the more time you give people to educate themselves, they'll just take those skills elsewhere later. And the opposite was actually true, that the more you developed education within your team, the more that you supported people, you know, developing their skills and learning new ones, the more loyal and committed they were to, to your organization. So 100% on both what you said. All right. Really good points. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have heard folks say that investing in teams that way can mean end up investing in other people's teams instead of your own. And I, I don't, I don't fully understand that perspective. I, I would be curious if there's folks listening and then who have been in that kind of environment. And I would love to hear first person examples of like what it's like in there because. It sounds a bit frightening, actually. It makes me a little bit concerned. It, investing in your team, I just feel like, is is just paramount to like people's satisfaction and happiness. So cool. Well, let's go around the horn. Story time, as we like to say. I'd love to hear real personal experiences of really great examples of what you've done in your past on nurturing and developing entry-level team members. In our personal show notes here, there's like a lot of stories here. So I don't know if we're going to get through all of them, but let's, let's get to some of them. Uh, Courtney, I think you're up. Yeah. So I think about sometimes that I've been onboarded well, sometimes maybe I didn't have a lot of onboarding and other times where I was the one to onboard others. Times where I was onboarded well, when I stepped into my current role that I have now, there was a lot of, I am part of the GoDaddy Pro field marketing team. You find also a lot of boobs at WordCamps and other sorts of fun things. Sandy Edwards left me the most fantastic checklist of all the basics, not my role specifically, but the new employee at GoDaddy and what I needed to take care of, get up to speed with uh, that the team was doing. And so I had a really thorough checklist and that was amazing to make use of. Times where I had minimal onboarding were usually in roles that I was forming as I went. So my first job teaching, I was provided the education standards that I'm to meet, but I had no curriculum provided to me. I had no textbooks or materials. And I was a, while I, my parents are both school teachers, I was a fresh out of college new school teacher myself. I didn't get a lot of good onboarding in that job in particular. And then other times that I think about when I've onboarded others, you know, I think about what it's like to have a beginner's mind when I work with people to appreciate, you know, a lot of the working developed areas that we touch we appreciate people that are, have a beginner's mind or are totally new to doing something because they see with a fresh perspective, they might catch areas that are unique that we didn't notice before. And when they bring it up, oh, it's fantastic. 
So before I, I previously worked at the events calendar and I know Zach Terrell is going to be on next week. And I saw Reed's checking things out today, work with both of them a lot while I was at the events calendar. When I started, I was in support and I was on board pretty well for support, but it was kind of also a newer area that I oversaw, which was release communications, perhaps in a more expanded way than some of the people I worked with previously did when they handed it over to me. So that involved going to some of my developers like Scott Clark and others and asking them questions. And I used to be really intimidated. I thought I was bothering them. And it turns out that they were encouraging these kind of questions and encouraging me to really get a lot of documentation and release-related material available for our staff internally to get up to speed with what they needed to learn about shipping something in the next release, as well as our customers, so that as soon as we had a release available, all of the documentation was readily accessible, that we could link to it even from our changelog notifications they might be reading inside of updating in their plugins and WordPress and what have you. That's something that I grew as I was there. And as I left my time there, I made sure to document all of that and provide some video breakdowns for some of the folks that be taking that work on when I stepped out of that role and into teaching at a boot camp. I think I hope that I onboarded people well. It seems to have gone well while I've left. So I would... Well, they're great perspectives. You really have the gamut of experiences there. I mean... And earlier, Scott actually chimed in and was like, Courtney knows her stuff. Thanks. It's awesome to have her on. So that's awesome. Cool, cool. Thanks for that. Kim, you were, you know, juggling between like four different awesome stories. So <laughs> you, you circle in on one? Sure. I guess, well, our team member Sam is listening. And this is the person I think I've most recently had a team member nurturing entry-level relationship with. Sam, okay that I talk about some things for sure, but... I'll start with saying there's been people on our team who came with loads of experience, but the relationship didn't work out because of that. And I'm finding so much more joy working with entry-level people because not because I'm forcing my will and my way on them, but I am noticing that it's just been, they've been more enthusiastic to learn when they come with confidence, like Sam has to like call things out, to raise new ideas. It's just been like so much more rewarding for me at that stage. Sam came to us basically having worked in education roles and then being a photographer. So had a lot of experience working with people, had some experience working with WordPress through her time with Sandy, who also works with Courtney. Look at our insular WordPress group here. So had kind of knowledge of the WordPress admin and, and lots of great writing experience, but we've thrown so much at Sam that she's never seen or done and is just like so willing to try. And I think that that's a, a key when you have an entry-level person to kind of identify that as early as possible and the way to motivate them, which is super important. And I'll share a little bit about what I think is important with nurturing is kind of how you process feedback for entry-level people. Because like Matt, I think you talked about making them feel supported and confident in their... And like you said, Courtney, you felt nervous that you were you know interrupting people, that you were taking them from work that was otherwise more important than the thing you needed to say. So I, I had an early experience with Sam where I gave some feedback and I kind of just took a project back. And I think it came across really hard to Sam. And I learned a lot through that, that I needed to provide feedback in a more like in-person way. And rather than just like shooting off a couple bullet lists or just saying, let me just finish this. It, it's been great to say like, let's go on a call together and we'll like, you know, pair design this thing or pair of code if you're, if you're nurturing a developer, because then it's, it's seen as a, a supportive relationship, not as just like, do this, fix this, which can be taken really negatively by someone who, you know, might not think 
that their work was great to start or didn't have the confidence with what they gave you to, gave you to start in that place. So I think what my piece of nurturing is that, you know, pair code, pair design, pair write as much as possible. Let them observe you doing the job that they're going to be. And like Courtney said, document everything. So that's been a cool thing we've done when we do these pair sessions, have the, have the person that's doing the learning writing up like a basic bullet list that becomes the SOP for this work. So uh, lots of little points in there. I hope it wasn't too scattered, but Sam's changed my mind about entry-level people. And and I would welcome 10 more Sam's on our team at any day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yay, Sam. I hope you feel blessed. <laughs> That's awesome. Story time on my part. I think I'll go a little bit more high level than individual stories, actually, because it was more of like a shared experience I had with our, at that time, he was senior support technician, Ben Meredith, who I onboarded. He was our our first full-time U.S. employee, actually, at KidWP, and he's a director of customer support today. He and I, as we started to onboard new technicians, we started to really notice that they kind of all went through very similar patterns in the first weeks or so of working with us, where they would be, you know, trying to get into tickets and start to answer them and have a lot of questions. And we would notice sometimes either that they either were very hesitant to ask questions despite our encouragements or, or they would often just ask questions all the time and maybe even end up asking the same question over and over again. Um, that was one trend was just the way that questions were coming. And then another one was often around like the three or four week mark, there would be suddenly this absence of questions all of a sudden that basically almost always meant something bad. Essentially, what, what we discovered over a period of time was that it meant that they were getting they were starting to feel really, really overwhelmed. Technical support can be really, really challenging, especially because you're trying to be the expert on a product and to a bunch of strangers who sometimes are kind of abrasive in the way that they respond. And especially with an ecosystem plugin like like Give that has dozens of add-ons or whatnot, it's it's impossible to have expertise with every single feature and add-on in such a short amount of time. And so... The, the foreboding sense that they would get over the, the first three or four weeks would be the sense of overwhelm and and defeatism. And so we started to to expect it and know that it was coming. And we started to prepare them in advance to say, you got this. We believe in you. We're always here. You're going to get overwhelmed. It's going to get hard. And we would let them know that and just forewarn them about that in advance. And through all of that, those experiences where we started to see those types of trends, we our form of documentation started to become what we ended up calling our Give WP support manual of just how we approach all the aspects of technical support. And it's one of the things in my career at GiveWP that I'm most proud of, not only that we produced it, but that I did it together with my friend, Ben. And uh, and it it still is out there. And folks every once in a while will, will say, hey, I'm reading up on your support manual and we're trying to implement it, every single bit of it. And I was like, ah, don't do that. But like, at least it's cool that folks are actually referring to it and using it still today. So that's my story. Cool. These are good stuff. Any other thoughts or comments about some of these personal experiences? Matt, I would just say that, you know, your piece about the handbook, like recognizing that common thing happening, like I want to do that more. I want to be able to like take a look and like say like, well, why this, you know, and then be able to solve it. Because I think that's a huge place you can, you know, getting in front of problems within your business 
for sure. It's just huge wins and huge payoffs. And, and, you know, those entry-level team members, they might not be the most vocal. They might not be comfortable coming to someone. They might, you know, be, like Courtney said, they might be thinking like, oh, this is just, um, mm. you know, maybe along with that, like having like more frequent check-ins, you know, really specific so that they always know that there's like a specific time we're talking a specific time that I can share this concern unless they have the confidence to do it, you know, kind of in their ad hoc way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We had a, a really thriving channel when I was at the events calendar that was for the support team. If we would get really stuck on how to answer a particular question, that we would bounce around the ideas with each other. And you know, that level of transparency of saying, I don't know how to do this thing. Here's the research I've done myself to go looking for this. And I need some support. Or if it's developer-related roles, having those pair coding sessions, those cork sessions in that environment also would be really important, as well as learning how to receive and perhaps even give feedback and code reviews. Because I think certainly on the receiving end, when you're in an entry role, how to receive feedback very much matters, showing that you're open and willing to learn additional things and that it's not scary, intimidating for you. I know when people are just beginning to get into code reviews, you could feel all kinds of awkward at being so transparent and folks coming along and critiquing the work that you've offered so far. But the flip side is that sometimes you might be the one to spot the missing semicolon that the most senior pro person has ever left out. So learning how to be gracious and give that kind of feedback in return, I think is really important. And then Kim, as you were saying about, you know, always be documenting things. I think as people tweak and refine processes, if they if they sort of expand upon, you know, the most entry-level person is just onboarding and getting going. But as they find little shortcuts or tips or tools for themselves to be encouraged to expand upon that documentation as well, so that other people that come along after them or fill in when they're out or something like that, have those references readily available as well. So empowered to expand the documents. Absolutely. Nice. Cool. Well, I think that's actually a good segue. I wanted to talk a little bit about tactics. What are some, Courtney actually has some really good additional things about ongoing trading that I definitely want to get to as well. But real quick, I want to talk about some of the high level tactics of really having excellent onboarding for your new team members, whether it be specifically about devs or support technicians. I want, I want to try to give a little nod to marketing teams as well, which is kind of a, a different beast to tackle in terms of onboarding. But Kim and Courtney, what kind of general high-level tactics do you think are really useful or necessary for implementing onboarding for new mm. You know, one of the activities Modern Tribe had us do was journaling things. That was That was actually really good. I think also about just the amazing list that Sandy gave me whenever I was just getting started with the team that I am on now. I see my manager, Adam, listening in. Uh, mm. So I think having that that checklist of like, here's all the places that you need to do a thing and what that's supposed to look like. It, it wasn't exactly documentation. It's just more all the accounts to set up, all the things that I need to go file as a new employee. I felt really welcomed. And I know that Sandy was there available for me anytime I had those questions. And we had a weekly meeting scheduled preemptively from the time that I got started for several months, just every Friday, we'd have a check-in. And that immediately made me feel more comfortable and welcome. Yeah. I would add, uh, you know, like you said, Matt, there's lots of different teams. 
For us, we start everyone in email support or in technical support, regardless of their role, because a lot of that early onboarding is learning the product. And I've, one of the holes I think I'm finding, especially with our marketing team later on, is that we don't all know the product as well as we could if we you know, did interacted with it more on a day-to-day basis. A lot of the content we create is more business-focused. People in support are always using the product. People in development are always using the product. But in that marketing team, you know, you might not think how much training is an adequate amount for that single core plugin and then all of our add-ons and all of the things we integrate with that just compounds the complexity there. We do start everyone in a way that they're kind of talking to customers, hearing customer pain points and having to use the product and set it up themselves. You know, they're partnered with a buddy to check everything they do. You know, there's obviously going to, it's going to take them one day to do a ticket that, you know, a senior person could take 10 minutes to do and that's absolutely okay. But super important. And I think it also creates some cross-team relationships, which are healthy and helpful because there might be one entry person in your marketing team and there might be one in the support team and they might not have each other's backs a little bit if they never interact with one another. So it's a good, I think, healthy way when you have a really small team to make sure that you can like reach across to that other, to that dev channel, to that support channel and know that you have kind of a buddy in, in every place. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd also, I really liked earlier too, Ken, when you were talking about pairing, I think pairing people together in the onboarding phase, that's something that I honestly haven't really done intentionally, but I've always kind of thought about that a lot. Can you talk a little bit more about, about that process? Sure. I mean, it's more, more popular in our support and devs, but those are just the larger teams. But especially when you have an international team, finding someone in a light time zone that's you know doing their ticket review, doing their code review, Um, And it just creates like that early relationship with someone. And I think those are pretty lasting relationships down the road too. But like we have Andrew in support or in development and he's kind of become Jared, who's a less entry level at this point, having been with us, I think three years now, but at the time was fairly entry level. So it was just knowing that there was someone connected to you that you could go to first before you like revealed something embarrassing to the whole team that, you know, something that you were keeping close to you. And then in support as well, there's kind of tiers of support person. So finding someone that's been there long enough, kind of seen it all is there to partner with that entry level person when they get a ticket and they just are completely head scratching. They don't even know where to turn. I think it's best when it's not a manager that they're paired with, unless your team is so small that you have to do it that way. Just because there's, you know, stigma attached to performance and your manager that another team member wouldn't necessarily have if you've kind of developed a healthy relationship among the team. Yeah. Yeah. I guess in some ways we have done a little bit of that. One, one thing that we do across all of our teams is we have a really strict first week schedule, essentially, that essentially because we're, we're going to onboard them into G Suite. And so we have access to their calendar before they even do. We just populate their calendar with a bunch of one-on-one meetings with their colleagues, essentially. Um, and so somebody on the team who's not their manager, like you mentioned, will introduce them to how we use Slack, for example. Or another team member will introduce them to how we navigate Canny, our, our, feedback, our feedback board, or another team member We'll do GitHub or or Figma or any of the other tools that we use and introduce them to different things. Another one we do a little bit along the line is in technical support, we do something we call customer reviews, customer response reviews, where we're basically going into an existing ticket of a customer. And specifically, we'll look for ones that maybe got a great rating and maybe one or two that got like a bad rating. 
and we'll walk through like on the great ratings. Why did they get a great rating? Oh, we can spot things that they did that are exactly what we have in our support manual. See, they, they got a great rating because they did it right. And other times the bad rating is uh, because they weren't doing something that we're recommending in the support manual. We'll walk through that and everybody knows that, that their tickets are up for sale in terms of maybe getting beaten up a little bit in those conversations. So it, that, that, that kind of pairing, I think, I didn't think about it as pairing in the past, but I think that's a little bit of what, is that a little bit of what you're talking about? Yeah, no, totally, totally that. And it popped into my head too. One thing that I think Sam did this actually, who's listening and Mandy maybe also, we had them schedule one-on-ones with everyone on the team just for like 30 minutes of, hey, who are you? What do you do here? Which is weird. I, I think we'd keep doing that. It's probably, it takes very little time, but it does like, if you ever have to DM someone about a typo in a post they wrote or something, you'll at least have spoken once and it won't be a complete stranger to you. Only works with really small teams, but probably worth that initial, you know, 30 minutes across two months to go through the 20 people on the team and do that. Yeah. I don't, when you were talking, Matt, I had the thought a lot of what we're talking about here isn't necessarily entry level skills development and onboarding skills. It just sounds like great things to do for anyone in your team. But I think they were all revealed to us through working with entry-level people more. um, And we think about it more deeply with them, but they all sound, I mean, the pair customer uh, support review sounds like an awesome thing, no matter how experienced someone is, because we can all have, you know, moments where we don't go right according to the plan. Yeah. Um, I think about all of this as, again, back to that idea that your team is a small community. And in community management, when we're welcoming people into our community, we can do things to help that experience. And Kim, what you were saying about this might not all be just for entry-level folks. I think a lot of this is continuing to foster what that community feels like or looks like. I was thinking too, just a little bit about, you know, in those one-on-ones that you get to have, or when you have performance reviews with the manager or something like that. Again, that's a really good opportunity to talk about some additional skills and strengths that you might have that maybe aren't being implemented or utilized at the time. Again, I think a lot of the the career growth that I had during the events calendar and, you know, coming from being a school teacher, I knew how to do technical document writing and screenshots and video work and all of these other things. And my initial role was not that, but it grew into that because to an extent I advocated for myself. I said, these are things that I can do. I see these things need to be done. Can I do these things? And they said, yes, we would like you to do those things. And that can help play into down the road, talking through what are your what are your promotion goals? What are your career goals? Because people will be entry level, but they won't be happy if they stay entry level forever. So having kind of a, a, a direction they want to go in, having them mentor and train perhaps other new people, that those are things that will help them grow from just entry level to retaining them so that they stick around and they help the new entry level people. Mm, nice. Well, we have about five minutes. I want to make sure we also get to the ongoing training subject. Courtney, you got some great thoughts on this one. So I'd love for you to run here if you could. Yeah, I think I think I touched on most of them. But the one thing that, you know, I'm always a big advocate for is ongoing learning opportunities. If that's something that your workplace offers, then by all means, make a point to include that. I know that my workplace covered me to do some deep dives into community management work, into a coaching program for both community management and specifically also DevRel. I also have access to some good training materials for learning more about 
all kinds of programming languages and additional things with WordPress. I make some time on my calendar to continue. It's I, I need to improve how much of that time I implement, but you know, make some time, build it in so that you are learning whether directly related to your role or things that will help you as far as your career go- growth goals. Setting aside that time and working on some projects and going over those projects with as part of going through a community management program, I had to create, you know, a presentation internally on what I got out of going through that program and share that with my leaders. And I felt like that exercise was really good. It helped open my eyes to how to implement that in my day-to-day role and what that can look like for our team. How do you feel about those types of things in terms of like prescriptive versus uh, like self-initiated, essentially? Like when folks actually come, like when an employee actually comes and says, hey, I I really want to do this one thing. It seems like an easy, like, oh yeah, of course, we'll totally help you with that. Versus (laughs) saying like, here's three courses I want you to take this year so you can learn how to do your job. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think that there's maybe a mix of both and maybe it's asking people, you know, I do understand, for instance, we had learned JavaScript deeply years and then it became React. And so Mm -hmm. people need to learn the things. I think asking folks, hey, this is going to be a factor or what's important as part of your job, but how about you find the training that you think looks the best for you if that's available as an option? I know that that was something presented to our two full-time contributors at GoDaddy that work on Core and Gutenberg specifically, they got to pick what thing they studied. They knew that they needed it for their work. That would be Mike Schroeder and George Mamadashvili. They needed to brush up on some skills in an area. And so they got to pick out the course that they that worked for them and for their learning styles. I think also just encouraging people, here's how much time or budget you've got related to ongoing professional development. And come back with some options as to how you would like to direct that and give them some parameters could be a way to help them get self-directed too. Nice. I love that piece you added, Courtney, about how you presented it back to the team because then it, you know, I think as a manager, I can see how that, you know, you've learned a lot of skills and they're all in your brain, but teaching someone is a way to reinforce what you've learned and putting that together and synthesizing it all into that presentation. I'm sure it anchored the experience in your mind. And then it also opened everyone else's eyes up to just, you know, the high level version of that education. That's super cool to like make it this whole all encompassing learning initiative for your entry level person. Well, we are wrapping it up at the end here. A couple of things super quick. I want to just give a shout out to the WP Minute who every week I grab this recording and I throw it at Matt Medeiros and he does his magic and ships it to all of the podcasting platforms out there. Um, and so if you missed it today, or there was somebody I saw earlier that was having some technical difficulties listening in, you can catch it on the WP Minute every single week. So thanks team for that. And Kim, who do we have coming up next week? Oh, awesome. We have Zach Terrell from the events calendar. And our topic is knowing when to contract or delegate work and how to finance it, which is a super right. cool, you know, how to extend the size of your team through some relationships with outside developers. We can use his DevRel experience and knowledge on that because with open source projects, especially you might be getting contributions to your work that you might not want, but being able to structure that work and pay people for their time is, is super smart. Funny you say that Zach is my former manager. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, last thoughts, Courtney, what would be your one takeaway you want to give everybody for today? Your team is your community. It is a subset of community management is growing your team. 
welcoming and onboarding new people. Excellent. Kim? I would just say that I, I used to think entry-level people would kind of drain my time. And, and now I believe that it's made my time better, made me think more efficiently, had much huger payoffs than, than experienced people overall. So super happy with, with all the people we've hired that were entry-level. And I think it's worth, worth trying in your teams for sure. Awesome. I think my big encouragement for everyone is document everything. Document, document, document. The more documentation you have for new folks, the easier it is for them to do what they want to do as quickly as they can do it. So that's what we got for this week, everyone. Courtney, thank you so much for being here. Kim, thanks for being awesome as always. Thanks everybody for listening in and we will see you all next week. Bye.